Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome along to another hour of the Wise Men Say Show on Spock FM for the summer months. Anyone who isn't a regular listener, nobody in the studios claim to be wise. We're far from it. That's just the name of the podcast we produce, where we discuss all things Sunderland. I'm Stephen Goldsmith, as always. I'm joined by Gareth Barker. Do you want to give a holler, Gareth? Hello. <laughs> and Luke Ball is our guest this week, son of the second hardest player ever to play for Sunderland. The hardest, of course, was Neil Collins. Nobody should forget that. <laughs> Hello, Enjoy- chaps. Nice to see you again. Yeah. Enjoying the World Cup, Luke? I am. Um, I'm a little bit frustrated by the, the commentary, but let's uh, say the least. Well, we'll be speaking <laughs> about that certainly later on. Um, and England as well, specifically with that game against Uruguay tomorrow. We also have our Andy in and around Zen drinking game, where we'll be hearing also from <laughs> Southampton and Man City fans. <laughs> about what their hopes for the upcoming season are. Okay, start with Sunderland first. Fixtures are out. This is the the newest thing, I guess, that only came out today, didn't it? Um, <coughs> we never like to speculate, and certainly one thing that Sunderland's form the back end of last season proves is you, you can't really predict these things. You know, look at a fixture and see, we'll get three points there, we'll get three points there, but considering we have some content to fill out for the show we're going to do that anyway <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to delve into them and have a look the standout ones obviously West Brom away first Manchester United at home for, uh, the first home game at Stadium of Light our annual 1-0 victory over Manchester City is on the 3rd of December this year which is a Wednesday Newcastle the first derby is 25th December Gareth I'm not comfortable with my Christmas my happiness at Christmas being defined by this well, <laughs> we are due one, like, aren't we? So that a, would be a, a for a mixed, any mixed family. That would be an interesting uh, Christmas lunch, depending I don't on know, the... Uh, I don't know of these mixed families, being from Sunderland well, myself. They, they probably exist. Well, they, probably, they definitely do, don't yeah, they? But yeah. that, that would be awful. We're playing Steve <laughs> Bruce's hole on Boxing Day at home, which is good. Should be a big crowd there. Any you fixtures? Steve will have recovered bo- after his uh, Christmas dinner? <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Maybe you'll be, be a bit sleepy. Maybe. Mm. Bit sleepy. Is any fixtures stand out to you, Gareth? You even you're not even looking at the fixtures. No, of, because uh, I'm trying to talk into the centre of the microphone like a pro. <laughs> um, so I'm going to have a look. Well, I, I, what I would say the thing that the thing that immediately um, leapt out was the fact we we didn't. I don't think there's any really nasty clumps of games in there where we've had some. You know, in the past couple of seasons, we've had some nasty chunks where if you don't get results by that point, like you were saying, you know, start last season, I laughed at you saying that. <laughs> how important the um, mm. Fulham game was um, and it, it sort of proved to slightly um, mind you if he'd won that then we might not have got rid of De Canio but so. that proved it wasn't yeah, yeah yeah I guess but, um, that, but, yeah. Um, but it proves the importance though, it, doesn't yeah it? it did so we haven't got any of that at least we've got 
so there's probably a, it's a couple of where we've got a period of three treaty games maybe but it's not like where we had a bad like a bad start and a bad end of the season if you looked at it last summer that's that's the way it looked but as it turned out um the, the end of the season you know that nobody was uh, mm. sort of it is important it is important Luke isn't it though because I mean like, like Gareth just mentioned there like last season I was saying a Fulham because I, I thought that was important because if the say the Sunderland players had went in won that game comfortably 4-5-0 and suddenly you're looking at them buying into what the Canio was trying to tell them mm-hmm. um, because they didn't and then we had all those home games obviously then when your dad ended up stepping in it was still the, the run of hard games Manchester United at home and the like and it's just it's all about the momentum isn't it and once you're on a downward spiral it's hard to get out of it it is I mean if I was just pointed looking at those fixture lists I'd be rubbing my hands together I think uh, there's a real chance to put some points on the board before Christmas and uh, I think the Christmas period is a bit tricky because you know as it is every year but I think there's a good chance of getting the high tens you know points wise this year um, which would which would be a present that Sunderland haven't set for a long time and mm. hopefully we, you know, we won't be in the relegation dogfight like we are which seems to be year in year out on paper good type of player Man United or bad with a, with a new manager appointment you can't tell can you it's one of these things you try and prejudge and you never can because well, David Moyes got off to a decent start didn't he there's, <laughs> a lot of, there's still a lot of business to be done um, yeah of he, I mean he's going to come in and he wants he's going to make changes um, and he's an abrasive character anyway so it'll be interesting to see how that settles down um, and then from our perspective um, you know there's going to be changes at Sunderland as well now now, you know they've got a few of the Bosmans out the way no doubt they'll be trying to bring in um, and we'll have to replace O'Shea as well obviously um, yeah <laughs> I was, I was in <laughs> two minds before to mention that because you know as people know we don't like speculation we don't like talking about rumours but I guess the, the O'Shea the Tottenham 3 million one is just that ridiculous I've, I've got to mention it does anybody think that's anything other than ridiculous? No, but I've had a few offers of people to, uh, to, to piggyback him down there <laughs> if he wants to sign. No, well, I'm a bit harsh on him. I think he's, he's a good, decent player, and he. I'll, I'll take three million from him though. Yeah, well, you would at 33, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, I guess the West Brom game is a really interesting one because that was a, just such a bizarre appointment um, in Irvine, and mm. you know it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. How they settle in, mm-hmm. um, what he does over the summer. He was tipped to when he was part with, with David Moyes at Everton. He was tipped to do good things, wasn't he? And I, I, I only—I'll be honest—I only—I didn't realise he took Sheffield Wednesday down and was sucked. I knew he went there, but I didn't. I wouldn't, you know, I'd, I hadn't paid enough interest to the job he was doing. But that, that's—is it anybody you can think that's anything other than a, a cost-cutting method there? A cost-cutting, a cost-cutting technique. Exercise. Exercise. That's the one. Yeah. That's the word. I just think it's a strange appointment full stop, but knowing Sunderland, every time we do come across these kind of appointments, we <laughs> seem, to, uh, we seem to, st- to struggle our best against them. So I just, I think it's a good time to play them, but I'm not anticipating us to... We haven't got a good to, record down there, have we? No, we and not get, to roll over, that's for over. sure. We tend to get turned over, Gareth, down there. We've got we? a good record many places, <laughs> have we, really? <laughs> that is true, but West yeah. Brom in particular, I think. Uh, OK, right. Also news this week, and we signed Costel Pantelamon. Now... That name, that name is good. It is, it is. I've been practicing it. Um, <laughs> but it's a bit awkward. We sh- it's like, you know, the actor Joe Pantoliano. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Joe Pantoliano. He was in The Sopranos, played Ralph. He was in The Goonies. Mm-hmm. You know, do you know I what do, I mean, yeah. Luke? I yeah. Sopranos, yeah. Well, he gets called Joy Pants, doesn't he? Because it's, I, I it's don't a know. Bit, it's a bit hard. Costal Pants. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. Costal Pants. That's a great name. I think we should go with that one, do you? Costy Pants. <laughs> well, cost, cost, cost pants. pants when he lets yeah. one in the uh, first yeah. minute. That, that's actually yeah, you've written the you've written it. So he was Joy Pants was one of the Fratelli brothers in, in the Goonies. 
All right, okay, which one? And he was in the Matrix. Not the one with he was the, in the Matrix. Um, bad uh, acne. The other no, one. the other one. Okay. And he was Terrifying, in the Terrifying, that one to put his hand in the blender. <laughs> yeah. Nightmarish. We'll start talking about Let's hope nobody now. puts Costal Pantilemon's <laughs> hands in a blender. Costy Pants. Yeah. Costy Pants' hands in a blender, that would be an awful. I don't know, come start. Christmas and he lets one in, he might, his hands <laughs> might go in a blender, all right. Yeah, yeah maybe he's like, like Mrs. Fratelli could be the assistant manager and get her in and she can just threaten players with uh, blitz in the hands. <laughs> bullet holes in the side oh, of going the back uh, the cameo, yeah. we're going back bullet holes in the side yeah, of the stereotyping Italians no I'm not stereotyping Italians yeah. I'm just saying sounds like I don't like reference okay. in the Goonies the it's very when different you wake up and what's Pickle's <laughs> initial initial thoughts that's about that's stork isn't it that you get a, an animal's head in your locker it is uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Like Jones or something Kenwin Jones a pig's head I think it was I started Newcastle a few years ago didn't I send a heart to Pistone the left back or something I think the players <laughs> tend to give him a, for Christmas, <laughs> give him a sheep's heart. Said he That's didn't harsh. have one. Yeah, should give yeah. Stephen Taylor a yeah. sheep's brain. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. People's initial thoughts on the signing. Then I mean, it's it, you know, again, there's a little bit of speculation involved here. But what do we think? Do we think automatically, instinctively? Do you think number one, number two, or just a, an outright challenge of the two of them? challenge yeah I'm going with outright challenge I was mm-hmm. a little bit surprised by the signing not because I don't think he's a good goalkeeper it's just we put a lot of faith in uh, Vito last year and he came to fruition it's just he's a big signing for Sunderland to make I think he's a, well, not only is he big 6 foot 8 but he's a decent mm-hmm. international keeper and it's someone that Sunderland don't usually have great international keepers in the last couple of years it's been a while since we've had Poom Sorensen you know, Myra was decent for a spell um, so I think it's going to be good competition for Sunderland that's for sure um, it'll be interesting to see how Vito takes it I mean he's already displaced Kieran once he might have to another job on uh, to keep. <coughs> uh, well, na- naturally, rumours start cropping up saying Manoni's away and the like. But uh, I thought the quotes from Lee Congerton were telling, and he said competition for places is healthy and brings out the best in players. We already have a great goalkeeper in Vito Manoni and now another one in Costell. He also mentions add this to youngster Jordan Pickford, who recently signed a long-term deal, and we have very strong stable of goalkeepers, which is vitally important in the top flight now he wouldn't make that statement and reference Manoni personally if he was on the way out and also I think Luke I'd like to get your opinion on the Jordan Pickford, Pickford thing because anybody who follows you on Twitter knows that you're an advocate for the young players and you I get, am yeah you get very, strangely enough yeah, you get very frustrated when they aren't given opportunities and I want to know what you thought about this situation and because they obviously believe in Pickford they just give him a four year deal However, they've now signed another keeper to go above them in the pecking order. Well, I think it's a great um, show of confidence for him. I mean, four-year deal, it's not like a two-year deal. We'll see uh, in the two years. Four years is basically saying, look, we, we do fancy it eventually at, at our uh, number one point. Um, I, I think, as lots of people have seen before, he's not quite ready to, to challenge with the first-team spot yet. But I do think if he goes away for a season, maybe six months, give himself some regular first-team action at a decent level, it's OK send him out to League 1 and yeah. League 2s where they're going to get peppered every week. You're uh, a cha- your championship, maybe, you're thinking. Mm, yeah. yeah, at a decent club at championship level as well, mm-hmm. you know, where, OK, he's going to come under pressure at times, but he's also going to be in a team which is going to be able to play football as well because there's no use putting him to a League 2 t- side who want you to hump the ball to the forward every yeah. Sunderland don't usually do that and, and when he comes back to the first team he certainly won't be asked to mm. do that so if he's going to go into a decent mould I think Congerton will probably find him a decent enough club for him to do so you there's got to be a club willing to take him at that level as well it's, and it's a risk it? for the club as yeah. well isn't it um, so it's 
I don't know. It'd be interesting to see where he goes and how long for. At least six months, I think, he's going to go to, a, or maybe till Christmas time. Then, if he goes to the full season, then then the next season, he's really got to be trying to push it might, on. It might be one of those where if he can go to a League One side for six months and prove himself, then maybe the uh-huh. six months in the Championship. Absolutely, might you know? Especially if sometimes they go to clubs who've got like a playoff run as well, um, which mm-hmm. is always good for him. It's great experience for him to go to to Wembley. I've had a couple of friends this year played at Wembley, Jamie Chandler, Robbie Weirs. So it's I know they, they've signed for their clubs, but it's another good experience for someone like. Um, something like Jordan to go out with him get an experience because that's all big game experience and he comes back and plays in the Premier League he's a little bit more comfortable you know, with the pace of things you like to think that Gus was thorough enough Gareth O'Neill to, 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 for these considerations that Luke are talking about uh, to go to a club where the, the keeper's going to play out from the back because it, it's it's all about integration again isn't it it is yeah I mean, when you play <coughs> in, a, in a specific way like we do or we're trying to yeah I mean they're, they're trying to um, whether or not because as I say in, in that aspect of things I, I don't know um, he, 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 it might be left to, to Congret and to, to organise that or you know Kevin maybe well I think I think um, if you go by what the newspaper reports were saying Gus wanted a bit more of an input didn't he um, would well, ask your dad about that Luke? yeah I, I think they would it's predominantly Jordan is my, my father's player and my dad does get a lot of phone calls regarding his players and where he can put them best um, don't get me wrong the, the final decision goes to Gus where Gus wants to put him uh, I know my father wanted to put uh, Duncan somewhere else but Gus wanted him to go north uh, into the Scottish League Gus made the decision that was his choice um, but I think Congerton is smart enough to know you know, if we're going to really integrate Jordan in the next year or so where to put him um, and that's why I've got, I've got a lot of faith in Congerton to be honest with you um, don't get me wrong I think Gus can, makes, makes the right decision most of the time but if we can keep too much pressure off of Gus he can mm. concentrate solely on the first team and uh, let Congerton do his yeah, he's worked behind the scenes. I think it's nothing but beneficial for someone yeah. football club. Very impressive one, mate. Better than Gareth this year. Yeah, he was very good. Um, he's been doing a lot in the last couple of days, which is nice to see because I think people there's an air of mystery about the role. I think still people, um, some people aren't maybe comfortable with it. They like to see a manager in charge of everything. I don't think that's really viable now. Personally, I think the director of football is the right thing to do. And now he's coming out and talking. Um, I mean, some people will say and, and rightly so. Well we've heard it all before mm-hmm. but you know he's, he's he's put himself out there and he's you know. well, I think that has helped him hasn't it him coming out and making a few statements himself instead of being behind the scenes and trying to be a Mr Fix-It like the last one was yeah. uh, at least <laughs> Conkerton's got a little bit of a nouse about him he's coming yeah. out and he's making these objectives known which does alleviate a few fears of fans but football's moving on these days we do have directors of football and if it means you've got to give the, the manager a little bit more time to do his work and his tactics and his team shape whatever with the first team that's nothing but beneficial for the for the first team in the, in the club itself for me anyway personally okay excellent stuff right now every week we grab a quick chat with a blogger or journalist that supports a Premier League team to find out about how they're feeling about the upcoming season fears hopes aspirations and all that we caught up with Rob Pollard and for the benefit of the chat we've just had we started with our new keeper Costi Pants who was signed of course from Manchester City which is who Rob supports Okay, Rob, before we get on to the Manchester City stuff, I'd like to start by asking you about the goalkeeper Sunderland have recently acquired, Pantillamon. Can you tell us what his strengths are, what his weaknesses are, whether you think he's a good signing for Sunderland? Um, well, I always found him to be one of the most average footballers I'd ever seen. Um, that's, not a great, he, that's not a great start, to be honest. No, it wasn't. I mean, put it this way, if he'd have been any way decent, he would have... Uh, one Joe Hart would have been dropped sooner last season because Joe Hart was making error after error after error and it was very very clear that he had to come out of the side and yet 
that process was delayed and that was because Pellegrini and his technical staff knew that the goalkeeper uh, on the bench wasn't good enough and then during his six weeks that he did actually play he never filled me with confidence once um, he's not particularly um, good at commanding his area and coming and claiming crosses despite his size um, you know he's not a particularly amazing shot stopper I mean he's made some decent saves but not brilliant and his distribution is terrible so <laughs> I don't know how you're planning on using him if he's going to be a backup goalkeeper then fair enough um, but if you're hoping that he's going to come in and be a number one who's capable of holding you know playing 38 Premier League games to a high standard then I just don't see it although I mean in his whole time at City he didn't play loads of games so you know I'm going sort of fleeting appearances really but I've just never ever been impressed by Pantillimon Okay, trying to get my head around that one to be honest with you Rob <laughs> I mean I mean, one sort of shining light is that Manoni struggled when he first came in as well looked very suspect as soon as he got a run in the, in the side uh, he started to, to perform anyway so we'll move on to Manchester City now then um, a bit of a strange end of the season for you I guess when, when you when you drew to Sunderland did you think that was it? I did, to be honest, I must admit. I think that was. I think most City fans would tell you that that was the result that really um, they gave up. But as it turned out, that that goal that Manone spilled turned out to be absolutely vital for us. Um, and nobody thought that at the time. We genuinely thought that that was it. You know, we really did. Taking one point off Sunderland would seem to be indicative of our season. Really, we'd performed quite well uh, against the, the sort of better sides. And to take one point off yourselves, with all due respect, but to take one point off Sunderland just wasn't good enough for a side who were uh, uh, trying to win the league. But it all turned out to be okay in the end, which was uh, which was great. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll prepare ourselves for the one nil win at the stadium of late next year as well. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, your manager seems to be you know very unassuming and just gets on with his business. I mean, one thing I'd, I'll be honest, I, w- I wasn't keen on Mancini as a manager, but Pellegrini looking from the outside in seems you know you can't really find a fault in the way he conducts himself and stuff so you must be happy there yeah he conducts himself brilliantly and that is one of the main criteria for the owners and the board um, the board want well what I understand from the, the board of directors and whatnot is that they want three characteristics in a manager one of one is the ability to work within a director of football setup, uh, which Pellegrini is more than prepared to do Another one is play attractive football, which Pellegrini is prepared to do. And the third one is to uh, present himself well and behave well and, and do the whole media side of it and the presentation of the club well. And that's why Pellegrini got the job in the first place. He ticks those two boxes really firmly. I mean, he was, he was, he conducted himself brilliantly last year. Um, in the only, he's not perfect. He's not, you know, he's not the best manager in the world or anything like that but he's a, he's a very very good manager and uh, also a really great man so we're, you know we're happy to have him I guess you're on the spot position now where you, you've won the Premier League twice so you can you know your history has already changed in that respect and I, I guess you can in an ideal world you can be greedy and, and start to look towards the Champions League now that must be the next focus because you've still you've fell short on that still haven't you yeah, oh yeah, it's definitely the, the the club's focus. Maybe not this year, but certainly over the sort of medium term results, you know, need to improve. There's no question about that. I mean, even this season, the first, you know, knockout stage, we played Barcelona, who I actually felt were a beatable side over two legs. 
this season. I know they were, um, they're a great side and they've got great players, but I do believe that if City, one, hadn't showed them too much respect like they did in the first leg and also hadn't gone down to 10 men, things could have been different. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I also think that the, the squad needs to slightly improve because City were the last English club who were still in four competitions in March, with the sort of first week of March, we were still involved in four and uh, the squad couldn't really cope with it that well. I mean, at the beginning of the season, I was under the impression that we had, you know, a really strong squad. We kind of two players in every position, but we've got a core of world-class players, and when one, two, three or more of those players are missing, we do actually struggle. Uh, but one interesting thing, we've got the, the four big players for us, obviously a company, Torre, Silva and Aguero, and I think that they only actually played together um, collectively about five games in the league last year so to actually have won it uh, in spite of that statistic I actually think is quite impressive So when you're saying you need to improve a the squad then just judging by what you're saying now do you think it's more strength in depth thing do you need to bring better players in now than you have or players on equal ability just to thicken up the squad I think a, bit, a little bit of both I mean it's always good to add a player who's going to come in and affect the first team I mean we did it last year with Fernandinho he came in and was you know, a very important first eleven player, and he sort of changed the way we played and everything else. So it's, it's important to get those players, but I do also think a little bit of the strength in depth um, needs needs to happen as well. If if we want to do well in four competitions again, which I'm presuming we do, because we just ended up being a little bit stretched come sort of March and April, because we had a fantastic December and January. We went on a 20 game. Uh, unbeaten run we were playing fantastic football and we were scoring loads of goals and then we kind of got we got beat by Chelsea at home it knocked the stuffing out of us a little bit and then the wheels not came off you know but we just started to stutter a little bit and I just think if we'd had a few more options in a few of those key games where we dropped points uh, that that may not have happened and it would have been a more comfortable end to the season Chelsea you've just mentioned they're making some cracking silence can we just finish by giving me a one word answer will you retain the league title next year? Um, if you want one word then I'll say yeah Who's better Messi or Ronaldo This is where we pay attention to some of the less insightful questions and debates floating about if you think Messi or Ronaldo is an interesting debate we think you should be doing better frankly um, right okay before we get into it Gareth I mentioned the whole Luke Shaw actually called debate last week and people are back on that again, annoyingly, because <laughs> Leighton Baines has been made public enemy number two, second I guess. Yeah, yeah, second after Wayne Rooney, and that's more than annoying for me. Anyway, you're, you're, you're providing the question this week. I am, and it is. Oh, there's a drum roll thing in there. I should do that. Should yes, he really? definitely should. Is Tick Attacker dead? Mm. I hope so. <laughs> so I just hope that, I just every why time can't sp- every time just Spain get beat though this is yeah. going to be asked isn't it why can't people just play football mm-hmm. and just get on with it like as soon as someone it was like in the Champions League it was you know Real Madrid beat like you know one one by playing this sort of sort of what was it really like a lot of thrust and crosses and you know just sat back and absorbed and then broke and all that kind of stuff and then was like oh tick attack is dead this is the way it's just why can't people just play football? And but it's it's interesting. Like, it's I mean, stupid. Well, I was again. I've I've spoke about um, previously about obviously hadn't been involved in a little bit coaching. 
yeah, at the bottom end. But that's I've becoming your cliche. Yeah, well, I know that's what now. I mean, and I don't want people to think I was some sort of high standard caliber coach. But what it does is open your eyes to these things, and all the manuals you sort of get. You know, everybody's starting to say, "Let's do things the Spanish way" and stuff. It's been German recently, and I, I thought it was interesting that when Holland um, walloped Spain the other night, they became the catalyst for how to play football again. Yeah. It was back to like, <laughs> you know, let's play the way, the, the, way the Dutch play. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't even Ajax. total football. Uh, well, <laughs> it wasn't like just because someone's wins doesn't mean it's total football. Like total football is like people who are comfortable in any position on the pitch and the interchange. Well, of course, it changed subsequently, changed back to the German model a few years later yeah, when they yeah. give Portugal <laughs> a good hiding, didn't it? So yeah. the Belgian yeah. model appears to be scrapped again pretty quickly because people are writing them off now as confidently as they were bigging them up before, weren't they? Well, no one's in a rush to play the English game in football, are they? <laughs> so let's be honest. <laughs> Maybe <Yeah>. Scotland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Okay, right. Now. Oh. Watch. Yeah, he got injured after 15 minutes and he's out the World Cup. That's well, that well and truly knackered that yeah. for the rest of us, for the rest yeah. of the summer and the rest of our show. Well, it just sums up his whole season, that doesn't it, really, from the start to finish. Now, it's funny, so I spoke to my dad about it. Um, I gave him a text, he's, he's away on holiday, and he said it didn't surprise him that it's happened, the way his season's gone. Um, it's just obviously it's frustrating for, for Josie because that was a chance for him to go there with a little bit of love behind him. Don't mm. say, I'm not saying Solomon fans don't love him because they clearly do after what you've seen the other night on Twitter. But, um, you know, where he is really a big a big fan yeah. of, um, in, in America. And it's just he's gone there and I thought, you know, he might go there. Have and a bit he of got two goals in his, in his last he game did, and he looked confident. He did he? look confident and I think that's what's most frustrating for him because if he went there and maybe scored a goal and had a decent-ish tournament, he'd have came back on a better level than what he's left this, you know, this season. It's just... It's probably one of the worst seasons I've ever seen a player have. Mm. You got a f- you just felt from when he went down. It looked bad as well. It looked yeah, like well, one of those ones where he, he like was his uh, hamstring, he, he didn't looked you? painful. Didn't but it? you know those yeah. you know because sometimes when someone does a hamstring, they kind of hobble off mm-hmm. um, after the initial. But he hit the deck, and you kind of looked at it and saw. I wonder if this is one of those ones where the where it's come off the bone, and you kind of think, oh, he might be out for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. But they're saying it might be a strain, and he's back. He could be back. Well, that's what I was going to say. Now, if anything, I've, as my personal judgment, I think Josie could be probably mentally stronger at times. I've seen him. Um, I don't know. I'll take it back to Chelsea last last season, where with with thrown goal and he's chose to pass it. You know, if it would have been Kevin Phillips on, on goal, he'd have been shooting from there. Do you know what I mean? So, if anything, I do question Josie's mental tenacity at times, and maybe him going down with a bit of a hamstring. You know, yes, it might have been painful, but. If he can, if he can somehow come back within a couple of weeks, was it that painful? Do you know what mm. I mean? But we'll, we'll go to see. Maybe I'm judging him a little bit, but like I do have a you know predispo- predisposition to things are not a little bit milky, <laughs> as my dad would say, but you know not <laughs> as strong as what others ones are. Shall I say? I, I wouldn't see Clint Dempsey going down that easily. No. Maybe shall have I say? You, have you done yours before? Uh-huh. And I've done my groin before, and I I did go down. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, it, it was painful. I was just curious. Yeah, I, was just it, I have. It, it is painful, and as you said before, it, when, once it goes, you know mm-hmm. it's gone. I've done hamstring. Yeah. yeah. What grade was it? Yeah. Uh, two. So how long were we out for? Six uh, weeks. Yeah, four to six, um, and it was quite intense. Some the the work I was doing. Don't get me wrong. If it's if it's one of those ones, you're not be of no use really in the World Cup. Don't get me wrong. But uh, he'll be fit for Carlisle in pre-season. That's for sure. Yeah. I did. I did mine walking. Walking. Yeah. <laughs> 
the worst intro I've ever. Yeah, yeah. I was just walking, and then all of a sudden, that says a lot like about your fitness yeah. levels, Gary. I, I was actually quite fit at the time. Um, <laughs> I was just walking along, and it just went. <laughs> I felt like I'd been shot. Um, it was bizarre, and I didn't realise I'd done it for till about a week later when it still hadn't gone away, and I was just kind of like milling about, and just it, it was bizarre. But yeah, walking that can do it. So. If ever there's an advert for keeping fit, people. yeah, I was fit then. I was a, I was a fit lad. Now, obviously, <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. T- to be fair, I do I do feel for him, Joseph. I I hope he, it is a slight strain because I hope he comes back and plays at least something in it. Um, because this I think this World Cup was was huge for him. There was a lot of expectation from the American fans on his shoulders, but you know it was patient expect, expectancy, not like Southern fans where you know we demand at least something every other game. Whereas the Americans, they they give him a little bit more time and. It, It'd have been a huge, it'd have been a huge tournament for him, and it's just he's unfortunately <laughs> he's gone a bit Pete Tong for him. And I do I do feel for him in a way. Yeah, he might be back. You just don't know. Hopefully, if he, if they get through, which they should, mm-hmm. um, you know, he might be back for the second round or something like that. Who knows? Okay, we're we gonna play the Andy in and around end game. Andy in around end now. If you wanna go for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Okay. Following on. That you want that now, do you? Yeah. This is how we're trying to give each other like nods and winks yeah. and stuff. It's um, not working. It's not, it's not working. This is live radio. Come for that one, haven't they? That diagonal ball in and around Jao Pereira, who's a very game right back for Portugal, but he's not the biggest. Well, poor Jao Pereira <laughs> found himself in a horrible situation there in which he was. Uh, someone, someone was in him. In which, uh, <laughs> the whole Germany the, uh, team were in him. So following on from last week, where we suggested. Which cliches to listen out for, and how many shots of alcohol each was worth? We've got a, li- a few more for you yeah, this kinda week. Kind of, I think it just descended into general. Yeah. But it's been an unbelievable week, I think, at the World Cup. But I think the highlight has it definitely has been the commentary. Yeah. Um, the commentary and Jonathan Pierce's effort was <laughs> just <laughs> one of the greatest <laughs> moments of my life. I think, I'd, you know, when you go on Twitter and stuff like that, and you know something special's happened, um, and it was that was the moment. It was just a. Uh, a stream the go- the initial excitement of the goal line technology <laughs> and then the complete failure to grasp the concept of goal line technology was just remarkable it was just ex- yeah. <laughs> amazed me how you struggled to realise it hit the post I mean mm-hmm. I don't yeah. it's not that hard to see the, <laughs> yeah. it hit the post first you know, don't get me wrong it did go over the line eventually but the first one he was trying to show me it hit the post You know, yeah. that's not the goal Jonathan I think he's still trolling because he was going on about it yesterday in a different game the controversial goal in the France games it's not controversial Jonathan you need to let it go maybe that'll become his thing you know when you meet people who mispronounce a word, like me, just gen, but they always yeah. mispronounce a particular word, and it's like they're in some sort of denial about the fact. That it, I think he's in a, a denial about the fact that goal like goal line technology is completely fine, mm. and he isn't. Well, he's got to stick with his sort of story now, hasn't he? Yeah, just hold your yeah. hands up, and you know, I mean, disappear back to Robert Wars and do him <laughs> another favor. Yeah. But the irony that he, you know, spent. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot of time commenting on robots. It's a killer lot, and yeah. He, and all and that. he can't, and he can't do robots in football. I, I, and like Keon didn't exactly uh, help, did he? He kind of I've created more of an illusion. Some of the commentary has been horrendous. Full stop, hasn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. I literally, I kind of stand listening to Clark Carlisle. If I hear any more about <laughs> perpendicular angles and that sort of thing, I'm going to dive off my house. Seriously, <laughs> it's horrendous. But um, in, in the in the American game, the, um, the Robbie Savage with his Bizarre, like Altidore turned into Messi once he got subbed off. It was like I'm not like I'm not saying Altidore didn't start well, but he was just went on and everything seemed to just annoy him. He just had a and meltdown. how on earth is Robbie Savage meant to qualify to judge Josie Altidore at the World Cup? Do you know, I just don't get it. He's come on. He's, he's met the most negative person I've ever heard. Like they just went for a personality with him, haven't well, they? Well, they failed. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any suggestions, uh, Gareth? I've got uh, a couple. Well, I would, I would suggest. A shot for the odd moment. Has anybody noticed this? When Mark Lawrenson says "yeah" during conversation, <laughs> and Twitter Twitter brought this up last night, I did notice and then that, it's yeah. like once you notice it, you can't unnotice it. And it was just randomly every time, like when the commentator would say something, and you just go "yeah," and then now I've pointed <laughs> now I've pointed this out, you will notice it. I'm telling you now, you'll notice it. Maybe he's doing another Sven impression. <laughs> Does anybody remember when he did the Sven impression? No. It was one of the great. Do you want to do an impression of him doing? Well, a I could impression? do it. What happened? I think it was was it the second round game in two thousand and six. Ecuador. We played Ecuador, and I think he just they were talking about like Watson was on about Sven making a change or whatever, and then Lawrence and he just went oh, well, <laughs> and then there was a just massive pause. <laughs> for about five seconds of dead air. <laughs> I was like, "What on earth are you doing, Mark?" I was just. A bizarre moment, <laughs> but yeah, he's a str- he's a, a strange mm. chap, isn't he? I also got another one. To we're we're, like we're piling in on all of them. I know here. another one. I add about Andy Townsend because <laughs> he can't get off lately. Can he? he adds a new one every week, and again, this is something he always says when he mentions a ball, a player hitting the ball so hard and so true. Yeah, these players they hit the ball so hard, so true. Or he's caught that so hard. Well, so sometimes true. he goes with um, he got a slice of the ball. He says that quite a lot. He yeah, got a I've slice of one, it. Yeah, I've heard that I've one. Got, he's got loads. And all, he always just goes, yeah, in the background. <laughs> yeah, Clive. Just does that. It's bizarre. So we, got, we, got, we should put them, put them together, shouldn't we? It's so the one couple, we've got <laughs> Mark Lawrence and uh, Andy Townsend on either side. The commentator says one thing, and then you have Townsend going, yeah, and then yeah. Lawrence going, yeah, either side <laughs> yeah. of them at the same time. I'll try and find yeah, some. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's better. The the one the, that's I think that's his most consistent effort of the tournament. That's better. He just says that's better. Mm. Um, or he should be doing better. Expect better from him. And then when he does the better thing, that's better. Mm. But um, the ones off um, Twitter that I've accumulated over the week, I've picked the the few good the few good ones. Yeah, Not that the, all of them were rubbish. Keep these coming in though, people. Yeah, on the, yeah, if the you the can get involved now. On if the you wise men see account. Yeah, don't wise men see anytime you see a hear any sort of cliche, just fire them over for us and we'll, we'll stall them. Yeah, some good ones. Um, Ian Oliver at Zach ninety nine. 
Um, said, how many times has someone got, got it in their locker, Martin Keown? <laughs> a lot of players do, do seem to have things in their locker. Maybe Kenwin Jones has got a pig's head in his locker. <laughs> yeah. So maybe if Jones is in the World Cup, he'd be carrying a pig's head about. Who knows? Um, a love supreme, I assume, is Chris Thompson, who was on last week, actually. He said, I'm going to start the Gary Bloom drinking game. When every time he says Cote d'Ivoire, I do a shot of bleach. <laughs> um, so he, he would he flew solo. He hadn't I haven't heard him on the television for about ten years, and uh, he appeared at two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday after the England game, doing a game on his own. It was a bit bizarre to hear a, a commentator do a match on their own. That that mm. wasn't a, a highlights package. Mm. A bit unusual. And um, the final one, and this is a good one. Um, Adam Rossiter. AJ Ross at the 1992 says one shot every time Clark Clark Carlisle says pivotal (laughs) yeah Mm. anytime he uses a word that's 14 (laughs) letters long for a normal (laughs) word do a shot honestly I cannot abide listening to Clark Carlisle and he's supposed to be the the smartest man in football Mm. he he does do you know I think you touched on it last week um, Stephen where he, he does He's all right he is in the good studio. In the he's studio. all right in the studio. He's one of the, like Phil Neville, the perfect example. I mean, I was out getting lashed for the England game, so yeah. I didn't actually hear Phil Neville's commentary. I remember when I saw you hitting the head with the kebab, Stephen? Briefly, that? very yeah. vaguely, yes. Um, but again, Phil Neville's all right in the studio. You think he's been there and done it, and he speaks okay. But from what I can gather, I'll be interested to hear him do a commentary at the game. I don't know if he they're going to let him do yeah, that he again. He was poor. And don't get me wrong, in the studio, I thought he was excellent. And he does make a lot of sense. Um, but commentating, he was bang average. So what, was he, what was he just, in what, in what regard? Just his tone was poor. Mm, monotone and stuff. Everything was a cliche. <coughs> he knows what he's talking about. He, I think he tried not dumbing it down for the regular fan. It's just, it wasn't natural for him. Go back mm. in the studio where he can analyse. You can see where obviously ex- ex- experience comes in. You can see what he's talking about. When he's trying like, Analyse and commentate on the game. It just wasn't wasn't a natural flow from you could really see. Whereas yeah. I think Keon's a bit better at it. Everybody sort of walk up to this now, haven't they? Yeah. They commentate because I can't remember a time before when everybody. I mean, Twitter probably helps, obviously, because yeah. everyone can get engaged in Twitter now. But there's something about this time where everybody's just sort of alert to this now. That you know the really bad cliches that the commentators spout. I mean, it is easy to dig people out. Oh, of course, it is. Um, it's a hard and job. And it's funny, and it's good as well. Yeah. Anyway. yeah, it's funny. So. <laughs> I mean, everybody's happy. They're in Brazil and having a lovely old time watching football, travelling about, probably at parties and just having a great time. Down on the beach. Meeting Henri and having a bit... Savage gets to meet Henri, having a bit crack on and everything. Down the beach, great hotels and all that. Having that to pay for it. And then we get to listen to you and just slay you. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, I think it's a fair, It's a fair balance. Um, I think everybody's... It's a good arrangement. Unless I, if I can get the stage where I can get out there, and I'll happily be bullied. Yeah, I do as well. Like you can call mm. me all you want when I'm out yeah. there. I really don't care if there's a woman walking past me in a thong on the beach. <laughs> doesn't interest me if you call me <laughs> at that point. Or a man? Have you seen that strange <laughs> side thong thing? That's I haven't. No, no, no. Yeah, some unusual. Uh, unusual is uh, one word. Yeah. For it. <laughs> right. Okay. We're going to hear from our second guest now. Ben Stanfield is a regular on the Wise Men's Here podcast. Especially as we kept getting Southampton in the Cups last year. I think he featured three out of the four times. Uh, he does a lot of writing for Team Talk and stuff. Very curious season ahead for Saints fans. I'm sure you'll agree. And I spoke to Ben earlier. One place to start with you, Ben. Pochettino, were you surprised, disappointed by the exit? Probably a bit of both, to be honest. Um, he'd obviously led Southampton along the line that he was going to try and uh, or, or discuss a new contract in the summer. And I think... Uh, 
it was quite obvious when he did sign for Tottenham that he'd probably been waiting for uh, another opportunity to come along. But, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say a bad word against him. He's, he's done a good job for us, and uh, I think he's got us to a, a good position where we are now. And I guess everything in football happens for a reason, doesn't it? So it's uh, a case of drawing a line under it and moving on, really. And I'm guessing you've now been typing Ronald Koeman into the Google bar quite a lot since the appointment, or since he was even linked with you, in, in fact. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've got to say, I've obviously, I'm a, I, unfortunately or unfortunately old enough to uh, remember watching Ronald Koeman play, so, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, unfortunately I can uh, remember as far back as, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the late 80s, early 90s when he was uh, a starter. I obviously know a lot about him. And, and, stopped, us, and stopped us qualifying for the 94 World Cup back, I don't remember yeah, that. Yeah, so. that, that famous David Platt incident, yeah. exactly, yeah. So, uh, I, I think, um, you know, from our point of view, I think it's a good name to have whilst he's proven as a player he's not necessarily proven as a manager but then Pochettino joined us from Espanol where he'd been sacked and uh, such like so I, I think Cumin hopefully is the sort of character and the name that um, not only can ho- hopefully try and keep some of the players that want to leave at the club but I think also probably attract the right sort of player to the club to help us progress as well I mean realistically are we going to push on much further from what we achieved last season I'm not quite sure but I think certainly I would have been worried if we got an Alan Irvine put it that way <laughs> Um, continuity and stability are, are the buzzwords that uh, fans and the media like to use is is that likely to be the case do you know what style of football he plays because it's important that he doesn't go and rip things up isn't it totally um, it's, been, it's been quite evident actually that um, the, the, the chairman and, uh, and and also Les Reed had said that the manager that, that came in to replace Pochettino would need to match the club's philosophy and that sort of thing and I've got to be honest, having investigated Cumin over the last couple of weeks, it has been uh, apparent that he was probably going to get the job. It, it seems that he, the two things he's known for really is playing attacking football and believing in youth, uh, youth and youngsters and giving them a chance. And I think that's really what the Saints have thrived on over the last couple of years. You know, we're a very, um, as I think I mentioned to you before, we're, we're one of the youngest squads in the in the, the league and I think do um, play, a, play a high-pressing game. We play attacking football. So I think from that point of view, he should hopefully slot in quite nicely and it shouldn't mean that the players are, are affected too much but I guess every manager has their own ways of doing things and it'll be interesting to see how the players adapt, adapt to his style anyway really I'm going to use another buzzword now narrative I get told I use that word a lot and I guess the narrative at Southampton at the moment is that vultures are circling that's what the media will have you, have you believe Lambert's already gone are you worried about that? Yes and no um, I mean I think we all um you know, you're a journalist, you'll know this, there's, there's lots of stuff that's printed that isn't necessarily always true, and I think um, quite often two and two will make five in, in some places. I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been a bit of worry, and of course there's no smoke without fire, and players have, uh, have said that they want to leave, but I think also lots of them should remember that, you know, they have long-term contracts with Southampton that they were more than happy to sign. You know, the captain, for example, last year was more than happy to sign a five-year contract and uh, suddenly now wants to move to Liverpool to, to try and play Champions League football. I think... All I can hope is that if they do leave, that Saints will, will play hardball and will get the, the, the most money for them that they can. I, I think there's a, you know, even for Sunderland, I think uh, it's very similar that lots of the bigger clubs feel we just have to roll over and have our tummy our mm-hmm. really when they, they come falling. But, you know, it's nice to see Saints playing hardball. And if Liverpool wants to, to get Lallana and Lovren and guys like that, then they need to pay top dollar for them, really. So, yes, I'm worried um, that they'll go. But I think hopefully we're in a position now that we can afford bringing good quality replacements for, for at least some of them anyway might be fortunate for you that J. Rodriguez is injured at the moment then so he then um, <laughs> clubs might back, back off him for a while but uh, 
I mean, Lambert was very talismanic for you last year, wasn't he? It was an important position for you with that up front. He's, he's going to have to be replaced, isn't he? Totally. I mean, I, I can safely say to you, Steve, that um, I, I used to have one footballing hero watching Saints, and that was Matt Lecizier. And I can safely say I've got two now. You know, over my lifetime watching Saints in 30 years, Lambert is, is you know, I put him on the same pedestal as Lecizier for what he's done for the club, the amount of goals he's scored. And I've got to be honest, I think Saints fans, we're, you, you know, we're not a, a violent bunch. I think we're, we're quite, actually, quite sensitive and quite. And sincere, and I think for lots of us to see him go and finish his career at Liverpool, he's a Liverpool lad. It, you know, it, it's in his blood. I, I think whilst it was disappointing we lost him, we got over 100 goals out of him, and we sold him for four times what we bought him for. So it's not really too bad. But you know, I hope he does well, and I, I hope he does well at the World Cup with England. And he definitely needs to be replaced. We need to get a goal scorer in. I mean, we've been linked, as, as you can imagine, with uh, numerous sort of Dutch Dutch players already, and in, in, including uh, there's a guy Graziano Pella who plays the player Nord who seems to be linked heavily um, scored 23 and 28 for them last season so we definitely need another striker particularly well um, Gerald Reeves is getting fit obviously A player who scored a lot of goals in the Dutch league for you uh, Ben Josie Altador I'm not sure where he done last season but I think he'd be available for a well, decent well, price I, I, I always think of Matthias Kesman as well. He had a pretty good record in Dutch football, and then he can, uh, you know, uh, you know what with Chelsea, really, did he? So, uh, no, I, uh, it's just as long as you keep away from Fabio Barini, my worry is that a club, <laughs> a club like yourselves, are going to go in for somebody like him because he's yeah. getting, he's going further down the pecking order, isn't he? But have you got um, a realistic sort of finishing place next season? Are you looking for around the same again? Do you think? I, I think um, the way the Premier League set up the, the, this season coming, I think genuinely think that there are 10 pretty average sides in that there will be the top six as, as normal and then I think that the other 10 to 12 including you guys including us I think we'll all be fighting for that that that, that in the league I mean if we can finish top 10 again I think then, then, then that's really what we need to be aiming at a, a season of stability again under Cumin. I think it's unrealistic to think we're going to get any higher than eight really um, but let, let's see what happens I think um, the, the way things have been going over the last few years you always expect the unexpected so I think as long as we maintain our, our, ourselves in the Premier League next season I think that's probably the, the most important thing to start off with Thanks to Ben there for that OK we're going to speak about England with that game coming up against Uruguay we're but I think talk we, about the yeah, World Cup yeah, generally okay, first give me a chance well, we will speak about I'm excited the World Cup generally first um, yeah just interested to know what people think about it's been a good tournament Luke hasn't it it has I'm, I'm not overly smitten with it just yet um, I usually come in towards the later stage of it and I start <laughs> picking up a little bit but I do but this You're time I've been I am I'm yeah. a slow burner yeah. <laughs> but I've been hooked from the start this time I was just saying to Gareth uh, earlier on before we, we went on air and I was saying how when because obviously we've picked, prepared for this show we've missed the Holland-Australia match earlier and I was saying how quite often in tournaments I miss a lot of the early games and don't really you know, it doesn't really bother me. Where well, I felt really guilty about missing this one because it's been that good. I've only, I think I've missed two, two of the eleven o'clock ones at the whole tournament. Yeah, so I'll be honest, I've only missed one or two myself. It's just the it's. I know they're, they're still playing for something. It's just obviously when it comes down to the nitty gritty where they need to win the games. I like watching those because I think mm. that's what football's all about. You know, really when you have to win a football game, not so much if you. I think the early ones are they. They just don't want to be beaten. I think that's a big thing for them. But when it comes into the, to the later stages where you have to win, I think you start seeing you know the real the real football being played. But uh, did anyone know the final score? The the, the Holland. Three two. Three two. To Holland. Yeah. Oh, was yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we Tim Cahill's not a bad player though, is he? 
I mean, it's been a thorn in Sunderland's side. Well, they went 2-1 yeah. up Australia. Did they? Yeah. He scored right. an unbelievable goal, actually. Did he yeah, as well? We didn't surprise. I think he's a great player. Rivaling Van Basten, that's what they're really? saying with this goal. Mm. It looks all right. Slight like. exaggeration then, probably. Well, maybe. it's, it's, it's a good cool, it's it's cool, it's cool, cool, right. bar as well. I, I really love him as a player as well. He's, he has been a, a thorn in Sunderland's mm. side, didn't he? Especially in the Yeah, certainly. But that'll be it for him now because he got suspended, so... He's, he'll be out of that's it now because they're out well, that's a shame for him so he's not yeah, going to play in the last game him. scored a three World Cups hasn't he it's not a bad but way I to leave is it yeah I think what you're saying is correct as well about that openness that you get in the, in the last stages but I think that that's what's made this one so good is that that op- that willing to that willingness to win the games has been there in, in the group games there. there's maybe only a couple of sides who've been cautious yeah. I mean even England who I expect to be far more pragmatic than they have been which is in, in contrast to game. the tournament four years ago because yeah. that was really do- that nearly put me off I nearly got on the bandwagon of people saying international football isn't any isn't good anymore yeah. um, you know very much into the Champions League and the way the Premier League especially because they're really heavily marketed and that does have an, an influence on you as a person I think but I've I've been to World Cups to watch England I've been to European Championships to watch England and the, the last World Cup was the first one where I just thought you know I wonder if this is for me but then I thought the European Championships two years ago were quite open and attacking England didn't, um, didn't fall into that up, category yeah. no but I think it was generally and this World Cup's took off in the same way Gareth hasn't it yeah it's just been really enjoyable like you say it's every game's been a bit of an event um, plenty of goals um Maybe it's because the ball's ra- not as round. Because that was <laughs> the, that was blamed when there wasn't any goals in South Africa. The ball's too round. The ball's not as round this time. And we that, haven't got those stupid theory. instruments of South Africans. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's been uh, it's really entertaining. Some of the some of the games have been been just fantastic. I mean, and you know, teams like Algeria and um, you know coming coming just a bit more competent than they were four years ago. Um, it's it's just been yeah it's been enjoyable the, the underdogs so to speak have, have, have competed in in pretty much every game um with the exception good. of the uh, Nigeria Iran game well there <laughs> were two <laughs> underdogs there was a did game did everybody watch that yeah. one I did yeah, yeah was, oh I wish God. I hadn't have done yeah, yeah. yeah. I tell you what, I did I did enjoy reading or oh, watching the, the Bosnia story though um, you know they hadn't they didn't have a team 25 mm-hmm. years ago and now yeah. they're at a World Cup I think it's a fantastic achievement they've not got a bad team really no. either. As well, when you when you start analysing the individual <coughs> players, they've got some decent players amongst them. Well, a few people would tip Nigeria to get out the group, but I, I saw them <laughs> I twice. Thought, yeah. I saw them twice before the World Cup, and they were well, because horrific. they won the Africa Cup of Nations, didn't they? So I guess they're a logical choice of people. If you fancy one of the African teams, to sort of tip them, but. Well, the, you the know, based on the evidence of what we've seen so far, it doesn't look likely, does it? If you've got Amiobi in your squad, I think you'll be <laughs> struggling anyway, aren't you? They're that good. Um, yeah, Shola came on and improved them. That's how, <laughs> that's, that's how good they are. That's how. I mean, that's no dis- Well, it is disrespect. It is. It's disrespect. <laughs> Shola for Shola. Uh, is that is that, if that is your real name? You're being disrespected. All right. <laughs> if you listen. If you listen. Yeah, out the there. chance you listen out yeah. there because you can't in stream real. this year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. We'll speak <clears> about England. He probably could have had it in while he was playing in that Iran game. Probably had just like you know, MB3 player around the the bicep. That that would have been more entertaining. Is there anything else you want to say about the World Cup now? No, on your soapbox. No, no. Can, no, we, no, can we talk uh, about England now? I can't work out who my dark my dark dark horses oh. off the oh, World Cup. Oh, you would go Belgium. No, <laughs> they're, they're not. They're, they're they're got a, they've got a very good team. They're Ch- not a dark Chil- horse. Chile won. Now that one, I'll, that, yeah. I'll probably go with Columbia. as well. Chile, Colombia, Chile, Colombia. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Chile. I think they're going to. I think they'll be decent. 
Mm. Well, I, I totally jinxed him. I've just said that, but the Netherlands. I, mean, I know they're a big, big name <coughs> side, but they weren't really fancied coming no. into it. Um, and you look at France as well. I know, I know they're the big nations and they've got football and pedigree, but the team's in transition. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, I enjoyed Riebri. watching France over there. Actually, yeah. um, that the Vilboena, whoever he is, the Albuena, yeah, yeah, I thought he was decent. Don't get me wrong, he's only four foot three, but I thought he was decent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's mm. been around. Uh, quite a while I'll win. I yeah, think he yeah. destroyed England at Wembley uh, a couple of years ago on a friendly uh, he was excellent mm-hmm. ok well England are playing their second game tomorrow night so just want to get the opinion on the lads I mean we're not analysing the last match too much because it was Saturday and we does anybody <laughs> anybody think <laughs> and hey. it was Saturday and well it was and well it was Steven? ages ago well the World Cup there's that I much I thought you were going to say on. something about your, your state I was fine for when the match was on by the time I saw you, I was a little bit more merry, but uh, <laughs> that's what that's what watching World Cup football on Saturday night's all about. You'd yeah. expect anything different. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Any particular formations or anything anybody would like to say? He's gonna he's gonna play <coughs> the same formation. Let's be fair. So I guess what I'm trying to what I'm driving at is, would anybody in an ideal world play things a little differently? I don't understand the big uh, why we're chasing Rooney so much. Every, every time we come to a tournament, we we try and throw the world on his shoulders. If it's not a uh, He's him having an affair with somebody. He's now uh, England's biggest hope. He's had it since he was 18. Let the, I know. Don't get me wrong. I know he gets paid. Was it 250 grand a week? And it's a, it's not no chump change. But like, let the bloke go and do his thing. Just to, to give him a bit of stick because he played it on the left, which is not his most natural position. I don't understand why we've got to drop him. He's arguably England's most talented natural footballer. I agree. And yeah. I don't understand why every time we come to a tournament, it is English press do it, and we 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 we're trying to to knock him down before we've even built him up. Then if he does do something well, oh, it's because he gets paid two hundred fifty grand a week. Wait, no, he's a good player. Mm. At least give him half a chance. Would you play him up front? I play him in behind storage. Yeah, yeah I play I'd Sterling so on the left. So you play the same sort of setup and I system. I don't see the need to change it. I mm. wouldn't. Ch- I wouldn't play Welbeck. Sorry, personally, I play Leilana on the right, Sterling on the left. Or if they want to change around, they can do their thing. Um, I'll probably then go with Rooney in that ten role, so to speak, with Sterling up top. Yeah. And if you look at those four, they're all quite interchangeable, really. Mm. Anyway, there's only yeah, s- exactly. there's only Leilana that you, you probably wouldn't put up top. Whereas the, you know three, you talking Rooney, Sterling, uh, Sterling and Sturridge, you can probably swap them around if they want to. And sometimes players like to come up. You know, if they're having a tough spell against the, the right back, they might want to change and say, oh, "I'll go in behind for five or ten minutes and see see what I can do there." And I think that's a huge positive for England. That's something that we've not had for a long, long time. Dynamic front four. That's that's what they've got. Um, they might have weaknesses in other areas, um, but. At times against Italy on Saturday, it was it was exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I know well. I don't know what you're saying about Welbeck, but I, th- I would keep him in. I thought he, he played well. I thought Henri sort of had a go at him at half time a bit. I thought it was really harsh. Yeah, he was. You can't you can't have you can't have every player um, going at going at it because he was saying he's not doing what he's Sterling is doing. Yeah. He's, he's a more he was a more <coughs> conservative choice than Lallana, yeah. wasn't he? Which I which against so. Italy is is understandable. I think. The front four you just mentioned, Luke. I think if you ask most England fans who their preferred front four mm-hmm. would be, they would probably say those four, possibly with the inclusion of Oxley Chamberlain, yeah, who, who he's if he's yeah, fit, he's exactly. Yeah. And I think, do you think it's a case then against um, Uruguay is likely to let them off the leash again, or because he's 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 renowned for being a conservative manager, Hodgson, isn't he? But you sense that with Neville there, he's. I was saying to Gareth earlier, it's almost as if. He's, he's been known as a four-four-two man, safety first over the years. He's been a little bit more expansive with this. It's as if he's saying to, I just get the the vision of Gary Neville saying, "Let's do this," and him saying, "Whoa, whoa, not that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go that far, but I'll compromise and do this," which isn't necessarily a bad thing. 
Well, he's quite well versed in European football full stop hodge, doesn't he? He knows enough formations and tactics and you know ways to, to close games off. For me, England don't need to be going to this tournament and worrying about getting beat. We're not. There's not huge expectations. We aren't, aren't going to win it, are we? No, so there's not. no point in, in in trying to be too cautious and no. I think as we, through. I think as we said before, express uh, yourself. Yeah. Go out yeah. For me, this is a great learning um, curve for people like Sterling, etc. Two years' time is what we should be aiming for. Just go go to this tournament, take the experience, enjoy it, enjoy where it is. It's in Rio. You're probably not going to play there again, and go then uh, win and try and win a football game. If you and be positive about it, I don't. I don't want to see England scrape a, a nil nils each draw and win on penalties. I'd mm. rather they go and get beat three yeah. two. It's interesting, Gareth. Could we compare this to when we mentioned uh, about Sunderland last season and, and the job Pulis had done? Now bear with me because he's a link. <laughs> um, the job that Pulis had done, and at the time it looked like we were going to get relegated, and we're saying, would we be happy with Poyet going down? Then Pulis and staying up, and we were saying it's a crazy logic of a football fan that you would prefer that. Now, in a similar fashion, uh, to just expand on what Luke was saying there, we are happier now that we've went out, played like we did against Italy, you know, um, progressive attacking football, than two years ago when we drew nil nil and just sort of parked the bus to, mm-hmm. to use um, to coin a phrase. Mm-hmm. We're happier now again, aren't we? Yeah. I think um, at the time as well, when, when Hodgson did that, he, he didn't have a lot of time to work with the team, did he? Because he only had a few months before... Um, he played the percentages, didn't he? Yeah. He, he, done all, he done all he could. That, yeah, yeah he that did. isn't an attack on Hodgson. No, no, I'm just, I'm just yeah. saying yeah. for context. Um, yeah, it, it was just, it was, you know, it, it was enjoyable. And I think that that was the thing. I think I read a quote on Twitter, and I, I can't remember. I think it might have been the comedian Kevin Daney. I think it was that the last two tournaments he's watched England from behind the sofa and last night I watched him from the edge of my seat mm-hmm. so I think that That's was a point, yeah. I think that was a you know a perfect analogy um, and I think that's what it was it was enjoyable um, you know they got you excited and just unpredictable unpredictability um, which wins your games I know people like Drew and over Pilo and all this kind of thing but you know I Gary Neville made quite a strong statement earlier. I don't know if anybody's seen it. And he says he thought that that was the best England have played in a tournament for 15 years because he thought the uh, the wins against Germany in Euro 2000, the wins against Argentina in the 2002 World Cup, he thought they were hard-working performances yeah. but very much back of the wall. And he says he thought this was the most progressive in Yeah, I'll probably agree with that in terms of being fluid and um, expansive football. I'll probably agree with that, yeah. And you're not, you're not suddenly... Let's be honest. England are notoriously bad at keeping the ball and mm-hmm. and stuff. So you're not you're not suddenly going to just start winning these games, are you? There's a no. massive step forward, isn't it? I think, uh, to be honest, I think that we can keep progressing how we are um, by in- including people like Lana, Sterling, Sturridge. That's a huge positive for England because we can now have a new dynamic to the way England play football. We've always been renowned for we'll win the percentages. We'll we we'll always try hard. So it's the same with Sunderland. That's what we've been stuck with the last couple of years. You know, players who are who are hard workers, but they just haven't got that little bit extra quality. Whereas now, you look at Sterling, that boy was on fire the other mm. night. And I've heard, he, by all accounts, by, from Jordan, he's been like that in training as well. Now, those are the sort of players that England have not had for a while. We've For years, we've cried out for, oh, we want a left winger like Ryan Giggs, and then we would have won tournaments. Sterling's going to be one of those type of players where he can have to be very, very poor, or he's going to be very, very, very good. Mm. England, that was his England debut, like his England starting debut. He hadn't started a game. Mm-hmm. And for th- after Such a three, mature after performance three minutes, as well. To hit that shot, which well, everybody I don't know in. how that yeah. wasn't in, because <laughs> everyone there was people where I was, they were celebrating. Oh, the pub, two oh, the minutes pub, in. The pub went up, yeah. But yeah. They, didn't they change the scoreline at the yeah. top? It as felt well. like the goal had been disallowed. Robbed it, yeah. it was. It was like, oh, we'll have to, 
you know, you had to get yourself up for it again. It was bizarre. It was. I've been saying all week that I fancied him to be the, the pivotal, yeah. the p- pivotal player. By all accounts, my dad was speaking to Jordan. I said before, and he, apparently he's been breathtaking in training, and a little bit obviously a little bit inside information. I fancied him to be something different against Italy, particularly when you look at Italian defenders. They're, they're very good. Um, Technical defenders, but when you go right up against them, like what Sterling can, they they do tend to struggle and they can get petulant. And I think he exploited that really well. Um, he did. He was take, as I think Gary Neville said, he was taking them to places they just weren't comfortable going. And it's not often you see an England player do that. I mean, I've certainly not seen it for a while. Stuart Downing played on the left wing. I've never seen him really beat a player and turn him inside out, which like what Sterling can. It's just ironic, as we were saying the other week, that we finally have these sort of attack on players come to the fore in. in Pre- in previous years and in previous tournaments we've had a, a sort of world class defence world class mm-hmm. back four we now don't that's probably a weak link that's now weak and you just think is. if we had those two things together it would be, be ideal decent, yeah. do you think it's an interesting point of Vieira made he doesn't think that he said he would like to see Cahill and Jagiel be more aggressive now what he meant by that was you know not, not go through the back of people but close people down quicker and almost be more confident in their own ability because it seems like Everybody's sort of coming to the conclusion that they are a weak link, and it's as if subconsciously they're maybe believing a little bit themselves. I'd have to agree. I think I'd like to see him be a bit more assertive. But then, gone are the days where you have big, rugged centre-back footballers anyway, don't you? I mean, mm. both are very comfortable on the ball, very composed. Uh, both can head, both can tackle, both can cover ground quickly, but they don't intimidate forward. Put this way, if I was a forward coming against a pair of them, I'd probably fancy my chances. I would do. Um, you know, if you're coming up against, I don't know, say something like a yap stam mm. you'd be thinking oh, I'm in for a bit of a game here and that's the trouble we can't we don't impose ourselves at the minute on, a, on is an there anybody on the line. horizon or uh, any alternatives there isn't really is I, w- no, I, would, I, can think of, I would say the right to do you know to drop off and defend which they have did they have they did do and mm-hmm. maybe they, they got a bit of criticism for that but I think that's what they're better off doing um, because there's no if you you get tight to people and you got people like Peel or just gonna like whip it in behind. You're yeah, in trouble. They can find the space in behind. Yeah, I think absolutely. Just drop. If they've got the two. If they've got the two holders, just drop off and yeah. then be hard to break down. Yeah. Be hard to break and down. Then let the front four yeah, do their exactly. thing. That's what they need. It's mm-hmm. pragmatism. It. You know, it's exciting pragmatism. I think, and that's what they they need to be doing. Uruguay is certainly there to be got at as well. Uh, Lagano was out actually, um, which is I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> but if he's starting for them. Then how good is the player in reserve? Yeah, mm. I would say I wouldn't say Uruguay. Obviously, you've got a massive pool of players to choose from, but who knows? Okay, that's all we have time for this week. I'd like to thank Luke Ball for joining us here in the studio. We'll be back again next week. Where we'll when we'll know England's fate. Isn't that playing Tuesday a second game? Yeah, well, if they draw, we might not. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll have some more Sunland stuff to talk about as well. Callum Nichols is up here next for you on Spark FM with his drum and bass show. Over and out. We are Spark. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.